2: I'm Leo McKenzie. I've experienced life as both a Premier League footballer and a professional boxer.
3: And I'm Steve Harmison, I represented England in 63 tests and 58 1D internationals and won the Ashes twice with my country. In this series we're focusing on elite athletes and their transition from professional sport to civilian life. We both
2: enjoyed the highs and lows unique to professional sport, a vocation which can lead to adulation and riches beyond the means of a vast majority of people.
3: However, we also struggled with what followed when our respective careers came to an end, with the roar of the crowd becoming a fading memory and the adrenaline fuel lifestyle was no more. Tonight on TalkSport, we're joined by a man who represented Southampton, Chelsea, Manchester City and England, the Premier League winner, Mr Wayne Bridge.
4: Bridge has made a good forward run. He's enjoying himself since Stowe went off.
3: Enjoying himself very much indeed. Nice Southampton free kick didn't quite work
4: out as planned. Let's
1: see what this one does. It has. Wayne Bridge, Ida Johnson. it's Bridge, it's in, it's Chelsea's night, it's Wayne Bridge, with just three minutes left to play. We'll
3: be joined by Wynne in a moment, and Leon, as someone who knows Wayne pretty well, what can we look forward to over the course of the next hour?
2: I'm looking forward to sitting down with someone I call my friend um, and just looking into a different insight what I don't know and for whoever's listening seeing a little bit more into Wayne Bridge because um, you know what a fantastic career he's had but at the same time trying to understand what he's truly about and me knowing him on a personal level he's quite a quiet person he's very humble in in the way he conducts himself and confidence is a massive uh, word that he'd it was probably comes into his life quite frequently um where he's actually struggled with that so i can't wait to hear about his story so right now let's introduce and bring in mr Waynebridge. wayne my yes. friend you've <laughs> had an outstanding football crew winning the premier league fa cup represented your country in major tournaments it all came to an end back in 2014 how did you deal with football coming to an end
4: i was fine I was ready to retire, I th- I thought, but as time goes on, it does become tough. I thought I was just ready to retire, stay at home, do anything, go on holiday, spend time with the kids, but it gets to a stage where you miss that that purpose every day, competitiveness every day as well, and playing in front of crowds, you do miss it. But I mm. thought I was ready, to be honest, but I wasn't.
2: Yeah, and no, I totally understand that. Routine, for me, was everything. It was the routine, the structure of going into training and Just having a a repeated pattern of what we enjoy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just stops. I definitely weren't ready to retire. And when I'm listening to you now, you kind of said you thought you was, but you really wasn't. So when did that sort of kick in?
4: I can't pinpoint when it kicked in, but I realised I didn't appreciate what I had while I had it as much. should have appreciated it a bit more. You know, I started training boxing. I just picked something else to be competitive with, so I had a couple of boxing fights was oh, that but one of them? The, yeah, the first one. You're right, yeah. I remember. Um, I just I- needed something. I, I don't know what it was, but it was like, even my missus was like, you need to do something, you need to figure out what it is.
2: It's interesting that you, um, that you took to boxing because when I first saw you, um, and I remember coming to the changing room. room and it was your first little sort of <laughs> encounter with boxing yeah but i didn't know a lot about you in respect of boxing obviously football you're exceptional but boxing's a different situation now <laughs> but what I, I tell you something now steve he can fight yeah mate he's got a good jab he was boxing really well in in this particular fight and you know, as time goes on, we've had a few encounters. Of um, he's come <laughs> down to me, and we, 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 he's shaped up really nicely. But very impressed.
3: My old pal, he got into the ring, didn't he? Big Freddie, Freddie Flintoff. Oh, yeah, I remember that one him. as well. It wasn't. No, it no, wasn't pretty that one. <laughs> <laughs> pretty. I can't no. use that
2: as an example.
4: From <laughs> no, it was nine and
3: a, nine and a half thousand people in the MA on Arena, which I was one of them. But when you talk about retiring and, and, and finishing, what was there a point during your career you thought? what am I going to do next? Because financially, yes, and you talk about the Premier League wins and great careers, but you're actually longer, I've found as well, I found it hard when I finished playing, you actually, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you're a lot more retired than you are actually when you're playing your professional career.
4: I had no plan whatsoever. Mm. I think that's what I found really difficult. Like if, if I was to speak to any young player, I'd want them to have a plan straight away, whether that be if they don't want to do anything make sure they're set up financially, everything's invested in the right places, whereas I kind of, I never really did that, I just retired and that was it, I didn't really, didn't have that plan at all.
2: Reading was your, you know, the last season at at Reading, where was your emotions at with that?
4: I just really struggled, because for my medical for Reading, I must have had so many scans on my knee, because they thought it was an issue, but I I never thought it was an issue at all, and I played all season, the season before for Brighton. And it become an issue after about ten games, and I had a I had a small operation on it, and it was on my meniscus, and I couldn't get back from it. Every time I got back playing, I I just break down. Got into training, I'd break down, and it wasn't till I went to see the knee specialist again that I was basically bone on bone in my knee joint. So it was kind of I never had a choice. It was basically that was it. I, I was done really. But I thought that season I was ready anyway. But maybe that's just because of the way my football was going, you know, my hips, my joints, everything just didn't feel is good but yeah for me like even now there is still no plan mm. but i think i've come to terms with i get to be at home with my kids i get to spend time with my kids cut the grass plant a few bushes <laughs> <laughs> I, I do i enjoy it's got a big what garden i do, as well <laughs> but don't get me wrong i, I still want to do something like i look at people like ksi and paul logan getting in the ring and things like that. i'd love to do something like that why despite in front of I'm not, I'm but not but a YouTuber think. I'm not that but you know if any of them want it you know I'm here <laughs> oh, oh he's calling them <laughs> out <laughs> I'm oh out. my gosh yeah. Get hey, I'm quick. getting on Twitter <laughs> yeah. after this I'm making that a match <laughs> yeah. I'm going to promote that I'd love it I see it and I'm thinking oh, I'd love to be doing that I
2: actually think you could beat him
4: I'd, I'd nail both of them. I
2: think. I think. I think you could. I'd, I think, I'd, I think, I'd, do I think seen, I'd do both. From what I've seen. From what I've seen, Steve, yeah. I think he's got a chance. Oh, wow, fantastic!
3: So. Not only you called him out, but yeah, you, got odds on now uh, you a, go odds-on favourite now. If you're a boxer, <laughs> you've got you got to be
4: confident. Having inside of like,
2: oh no, I can't lose now. <laughs> I'm going to go and touch on. You see that when I retired, I lost my identity. You know, football finished, and like you say, many of us don't really have a plan as such of what we're going to actually do when we go into whatever's next. I know like sports, you know, athletes, women, men have this identity crisis. Where do you think you stood with that? Being financially secure, where you don't actually have to do nothing, Wayne, you know what I mean? But where's your identity now that it's not a footballer?
4: The identity thing is just, it's so hard for me to answer. If I had to say I'm just a stay-at-home dad, Love being around my kids and, and being there for my wife. It's hard. It's very It was very hard to get to that stage where I feel like that. And I think going on... I went on a show called S.A.S. Who Dares Wins. And mm. I think that is a show which I come out of. And my Mrs. note was change changing me straight away. In what sense? I was more focused that I want to do something. But also, I still didn't know the answer. And it was I was speaking to people afterwards. And you speak to the... Um, psychiatrist and stuff. They keep in touch with you after just to see how you're coping after the show and stuff. And I, I spoke to them quite regularly after the show, and it was good to speak to them. I had messages of so many ex players I hadn't spoke to for ages who loved the show and how I was, and they said how much of a good career I had and things, and I should be proud and that. And no matter what you do next, you don't, you know. A couple of them were like, you don't have to do nothing. It doesn't matter if you stay at home with the kids, like. And I think after speaking to them and coming off the show, I was more happy with. You know, I don't have to do anything. And if I end up being at home with the kids and I get to spend that time with them that some people don't get to spend with their kids, I'm I'm a lucky man. I, I realise that I'm just a lucky man and I can't pinpoint what I want to do next still. Mm. And I kind of just sit around and wait for an opportunity to come. And that doesn't actually bother me anymore because I'm at home with my kids. And if a right opportunity comes along, I, I'm going to do it. Mm. Sense um, of peace. You've got a sense of peace. Yeah. I've had my own issues 100%, I know I might feel like I'm at peace now, but I am actually, I feel like I went on that show, I must have been 38, and I felt like I learned so much about myself, I, I knew I had insecurities, I had self-confidence issues, but no one else really knew about it.
2: Okay, so on SAS, on the show, when you say like you learned so much from it, where did the show be the full force for you to understand yourself more?
4: Well I've definitely learned to talk more to my missus, who's closer to me and be more open, so I've definitely become more more open, probably could still be more open, but I probably actually learned to like myself a little bit more.
2: okay, boom,
4: and I am who I am and there's a lot of stuff which, after football, I probably said no no to a lot of opportunities mainly because i'm not I wasn't comfortable in my own skin, mm. and I just didn't feel comfortable doing it. I think I got to a stage off this as I liked myself more, and I am who I am. And if you don't like me, it probably hurt me a little bit because that's just the way I am. But if you don't like me, then it's it's tough, really. I've, just, I've definitely learned to like myself a bit more from that. I too.
3: don't know about you. I don't know about you two, but I felt when I finished playing the last couple of years, I felt as so I resented myself a little bit. I felt for a while it, the last two years I sort of defined me on a negative term as opposed to the 15, 16 <clears> years before that where I probably should have looked back at my career thinking I played 60-odd times for England, number one bowler in the world, we won championship after championship with Durham. But the last two years were the, the, sort of the ones that, because I was in such a mental poor place, that it took me a while to realise that, you know what, I actually did have a good career. Did you ever feel you got into that point at the end when you were at redden during the injuries and thinking, I just want this thing to, to get over? What, I wanted my career to be over. Yeah,
4: yeah. Like I said, I was ready. Well, I was at Man City, it was a really tough time for me, just because I fell out of Mancini, and I just wasn't playing. I was just, I was just done with football, to be honest. So yeah. I just had enough, and I was just, I'm ready to retire. And couldn't get out on loan. It was all to do with money, and obviously I was on a lot of money, so it was difficult for um, any club. But then in the end, Brighton become available to me, so I took a little drop in wages and went down to play there and went into the championship, but. I absolutely loved football again. The fans were great. The manager was great. The lads were great. And I just loved football. Even still, I felt like I was, I was still done with football. As much as I loved it, I was playing where well, I just felt like I was I was done. I, I, I can't even tell you why. And like you know, when you say when you look back at your career and you say you've had a good career, I still can't do it. I still mm. wish, I kind of wish it had been better.
3: Do you think you'll get to that point when you get to 45, maybe get to 50, talking your kids get to sort of double figures in age, and you, you know, I, I look at it now. My my 12 year olds now watching YouTube of of cricket every recent time, and I'm like, go on, flick back to when Dad was playing, yeah. and then he will like look at me and go, Dad, you you actually were quite good. Hmm. Do you think you get to that point, sitting watching the TV with your kids in a few years' time, thinking, I, you know what, I actually was a good footballer.
4: I, I hope. <laughs> I I hope so. Um. I do appreciate the things the good things that have happened to me and like I played goal for tubes the other day and he talks about my Arsenal goal and it does feel good. But it's always in the back of my head I've got them bad things that have happened in my career. Like I know it sounds it sounds stupid, I remember my debut for West Ham sticks out so badly it's, I think I played Theo Walcott on on side for a goal and then I took him down for a penalty and we lost and we were struggling at the time. Like, things like that stick in my head a lot. Rather, Rather than, than the good things. Yeah. That's so it's always the bad things that
2: That's interesting, I to to that we're gonna come back.
4: It's like even the boxing matches I've done, it's like I've done some good things, but I think of the bad things yeah. where I've been caught, where I've been hit like that and I wish I'd done that. It's never think about oh I won that. It's mm. I don't know, it's just the way I am, I think. But I've become better than what I was. Yeah. It was kind of all negative. I think yeah. I have got better over the years that I'm a bit more positive.
3: You played for two of the biggest clubs in, obviously, the history of, of English football, Chelsea and, and Man City. At the time, you were you know, one of the nation's greatest talents, to be fair. But there's a lot of self-doubt in that.
4: With me, it was my overthinking a lot, too much. So once I was in it, once that whistle went, I was fine. Yeah. But it was everything before, after. And I went to somewhere, it was after I retired anyway, and I was at an event with Glen Hoddle, and they brought up a question about me. And ne- I never knew it before, but he just basically said, Wayne just had no confidence whatsoever. And I never really knew he knew that. And he, was, he brought up those to talk to the players around him to go and put your arm around him, make sure he's all right, give him some confidence. And he brought a guy in as well, which didn't go too well in some football clubs to work with your mental strength, mm. doing visualisation techniques. You know what it can be like at a football club? Yeah. I, was like, oh, I don't need that. But I did do it. I was young at the time and he wanted me to do it and I did it. It definitely helped. The visualisation stuff I did definitely helped. But he is the only one, I think, who has ever brought it up about my self-confidence. I always thought he was a great manager anyway. He's probably the first person who's actually mentioned my self-confidence, to be honest. It's incredible. My, my it family is, probably is, wouldn't have even
3: known. It it's is incredible because I, I say if somebody mentioned Wayne Bridge straight away, you'd go one of the best English left backs we've we've ever had. You go down the list of in my lifetime, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, but you look at someone like Kenny Sampson, Stuart Pearce, you were fighting with Ashley Cole for that number three for England. But then there's not many going to say any other names other than Wayne Bridge in that sort of top five that's played for England over the course of the last, I would say. 25, 30 years, the level that you were at at the time, it's weird that you felt as though you, the, the self-confidence wasn't there.
4: I've touched on it probably the first time I was on the who but it was probably my intelligence. and it's I was just never any good. I would never very good at school and I think I was always scared to stand up and speak. So I was never going to be the loudest in the room. He's
2: talking about from academical academic from point of academic view? From academic and just, just you socially. know,
4: intellectual-wise and, okay. and general knowledge-wise and... Mm. I never wanted to be at the front. I'd always be quite happy to be quiet and at the back. And I think what I got from sport is my mind. It just cleared my mind completely. Mm. Release. So, yeah. So like, I'd just t- total release of everything. I'd just be in that, just playing. It's something I knew that I could do and I was just happy. But I wouldn't be before a game going, I'm going to be the best player yeah. here or I know you can do it. But it was kind of like once that whistle went, it just something just switched in me. Is it and- natural?
3: Was it natural playing football? And what I mean by that is, you've got Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester United at the weekend, or you're playing for Chelsea, you've got Thierry Henry, you know he's going to come out and he's going to come out towards the right. Is it just thinking, right, I'm the best that, inside, I'm the best that I can be, or does it just become natural to do what you do?
4: It's just something that switched in me that just, yeah, just become become natural. Don't get me wrong, I'd think, I hope he doesn't make me look stupid because Ronaldo can do that to people. But if he was running at me... and. It sounds weird because it's Cristiano Ronaldo, but I was never in the game and thought he's going to do me here or anything like that. But don't get me wrong, he w- he wasn't at his best all the time when he played. Correct. Against yeah. me, I don't think he he re- he wasn't at that level he's at now. But yeah, I don't think there was ever any players that I think oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get made to look stupid. That there's people like Sean Wright Phillips and Aaron Lennon who are so quick. You always had to be switched on mentally, but mm. I was quite quick myself. Mm. I was always, I don't know, I've always felt comfortable. I never like, felt
2: uncomfortable mm. in a game. This is why managers are so crucial within football. Like Man management is so crucial because Definitely. Wayne can have an exceptional career. Mancini doesn't say the right things. The man and management side of it is not particularly great in respect of where Wayne stands, goes to Brighton and absolutely loves football again just because of certain a bit of man management. I've played under a lot of managers and very few I can say who got me. And then there's the other few that can just kill your career.
4: Yeah. Oh, they just don't want to get you. Yeah. It's, it's that as well. Yeah. They're just like, well, I don't like the way you are, so I'm not going to get you rather than you're at this team. I need you. I try and do what I can for you.
3: But I take you back to when you, you, you sort of first joined, joined Chelsea. Joined Chelsea for seven seven million. And then Man City for twelve million, lots of money at the time. Did you feel the pressure of the of the transfer value on Wayne Bridges' head when you he went to these big clubs?
4: Uh I didn't want to go to Chelsea. That's probably confidence thing again. I know although I was a Saints fan, I was settled and it was going well. And I was just happy with the way I was playing football and everything and the main reason I ended up leaving was just because Southampton were just happy to let me go. So when it's that, I'm just like, right, I'll go then. But yeah, I def- there is definitely pressure. And that's why when I look at some players, like even the players that Chelsea have signed now, it ain't easy just to come and settle in a new team. When you come from a team which knows how you play, and I did struggle a bit in the beginning, I think, because I had Chris Marsden playing in front of me at Southampton, and all he used to do was tuck in, and I used to bomb every time. And he'd fill in for me every time. So it, it did change me. I don't think I settled in. I didn't settle in straight away. It was difficult. I felt a lot of pressure as well. Probably more, I'd say, when I went to Man City. I just remember I remember speaking to Jamie Redknapp. Who just drove past and he pulled over and he, he was talking about the 12 million. And I was like, yeah. I think I actually said to him, I'm not worth it. And when, when um, I mean that, I mean like, I think the fees were just crazy anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, I, I didn't get it. It was very difficult times for me. I, I didn't do great at City. I'd done okay. And it was difficult because Robino is an amazing player, but I had him in front of me. So my yeah. game had changed completely again. It was... I was a left-back. Mm. Don't get me wrong, they wanted to me to push up, but I had to defend most of the time because Robbie was never going to... like. <laughs> he was just step overs and put the ball in the top corner. He was never going to run back and help. Do you know what I mean? So it was, it was difficult for me as well. And there's, there was pressure again because... The owner's thoughts had a lot of money and you know they're expecting you to hit the ground running it's it's a lot of pressure it's so, not easy
2: so it definitely does fall into you know obviously you earn a lot of money and i think when you have that in the back of your mind subconsciously you know that i've yeah. come for like 12 million here
4: i've got to do well i've got
2: to do well because then the pressure really yeah. does add up I, mean, I, don't,
4: I don't i don't i don't sit there after a game and go i oh, sod it, i've got the money like, it hurts it hurts yeah, yeah. if you
2: yeah, it's, it's, it's do, exactly, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, it yeah, does you hurt. You, you, you care. You care. Yeah. That's a, I mean, yeah, I, I, and
4: I feel like a letdown. Like, even when I went to West Ham and we ended up going down, Like I feel like a letdown. Like, I went there to hell. was probably like I hated it because I love... It's a club that... What the fans are like, they're so passionate as well. And it was like a family club, everyone there. So it, it was horrible to like mm-hmm. see him get relegated. I just hated it.
3: Something that I struggled big time with was homesickness. Did you feel as though moving to Manchester, getting away from sort of London or the South Coast, was that something that affected you as well?
4: Yeah, 100%. I remember my first season at Chelsea, I was going back home all the time to see my friends because I was really close to my friends from school. Um, I was lucky enough that were quite a few friends that are Man City fans. Um, so they visited a lot. My mum and dad would visit a lot. What I found difficult as, as well was. Like I said, when I left Southampton, I was comfortable. And if they had just said, oh, we want you to stay, I probably would have stayed. Yeah. It was the same with Chelsea. Chelsea were happy for me to stay. But when I spoke to the manager, the conversation literally went, he said, are they offering you more money? I just, yeah, he went, oh, you might as well go then. That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> Scolari. Yeah, Which you, manager? Scolari. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you might as well go then. Was, oh, great, yeah. Do you think,
2: if you would have had been sort of free from injuries and enjoying your football do you think that would have been a different conversation
4: yeah 100% I got to a stage at Chelsea when I was with Ranieri that I was playing playing well and then Mourinho come in I found it hard in the beginning and things never went smoothly but they started to I turned the corner I remember he actually pulled me off the coach and he went you've been so good lately we had Champions League coming against Barcelona and he was like, make sure you're ready. And then I felt so good. I'd kind of turned the corner of him and two, I think it was two weeks or a week before I got, I broke my leg against Newcastle. That was me done because after that, I come back, you know, they signed a the new signings. I was coming back. I basically broke my leg, dislocated my ankle and broke my ankle in half. I got back from it. I think that was my mentality that got me back from that. But mm. It was so hard because, you know, they were signing players Then they signed Ashley Cole. Mm. I do look back and think if I hadn't done that, it could have been different times. Because I never had that spell with Mourinho. I had a little spell, but I never had that spell, which maybe I could have been Chelsea's left back and they wouldn't have needed Ashley Cole.
1: There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at Labrooks.com. 18+, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. After the lights go out, Leon McKenzie and Steve Harmison in conversation with Wayne Bridge on Talk Sport.
2: So going back in um 2004 05 um, at Chelsea was sort of injury interrupted season injuries plays a massive part in what you're really trying to achieve but you can't how did your depression affect you around those times because you're quite closed off as you've openly yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. you've openly shared that so how did you deal with depression then
4: um I I, I just keep everything and I've always kept everything in just kept everything, never let anything out, really.
0: I've, what, I've been what? lucky
4: with the injuries I've had, really, the career I've had. Like I think it's at Ampton, I I played so many games in a row and ended up pulling my calf. That one never really affected me that much. I knew I'd get back from it. It was probably when I broke my leg, I was affected because I remember the surgeon saying, you might not make it back and play football again. I'm lucky I made it back. And I could can, I can probably sit here and just say, that was just my determination and, and a lot of the, the staff medical team they had at chelsea and the way roman allowed me to do my rehab they'd send me you know to the best places there are we had the best people looking after me the the rehab i had from chelsea was absolutely unbelievable and if Mm. it wasn't for them i might not have made it back
2: all right let me take the injuries away then let me ask you this direct then have you suffered from depression severely whether that be during your career or after your career
4: yeah probably yeah I've I've definitely suffered. There, you know, there's issues that I, even my missus and stuff that stuff she's gone through which has been really hard. Frankie. Yeah. Um yeah, Frankie, mm. wife. Yeah. Um But yeah That's 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 um you know I've got the self confidence thing, I've got the self doubt, and that's why I've always played football and it's just been a total switch off for me. Mm. And I think with the injuries, I don't think they affected me that much there was the worry of am i going to get back and stuff i think i've suffered more since i've retired right um and i was always that person if i got a new contract it wasn't Oh, i've got a new contract i can relax now there's another contract because you have a good season you'll get another Mm. one i I never i never sat and relaxed that i was happy with what i had i always wanted that next thing as well to have another contract with that team because i've done well for years they reward you with another year Mm. i never got that contract or anything like that i just I don't think injuries really affected me, because I was just so determined to get back all the time. Yeah, yeah, I was always just working hard. I always worked hard in the gym, so I'd always work extra. I struggled being around the training ground. I struggled to be coming into the training ground. So I asked the physios, "Can we go somewhere else, or can we go to Stamford Bridge?" I hated mm. being around the lads. You know, they were playing week in, week out, and you know, do you see them out kicking a ball? I wasn't. I I didn't enjoy that. I felt it really uncomfortable.
3: Do you feel you struggle your own headspace? Because we had Kieran Dyer on a couple of weeks ago and he said because he was financially secure, when he left the game, he didn't really have to do anything. But that actually was to his detriment because he sat there with not a great deal to do and sometimes you are your worst, your own worst enemy because of the the headspace that you can put yourself in.
4: Yeah, I, I always say I shouldn't think too much because yeah. my brain's my worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> um it's like when I went, when you say about homesickness, I think the most I've been homesick was going away of England, World Cups and European Championships because I was never playing. Ashley Cole was always going to play, so it if he gets injured, um, so I sat on. Don't get me wrong, it's great. I have come on at World Cup, played against Argentina for seven minutes, but to me that's just that's nothing. I'm right. Like, no, I want to play, man. Yeah, so, I, 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 I hear that. I hear that. I found it. I, I found that. it really hard just sitting on the bench all the time, and I was also surrounded. And Kieran brought it up. I spoke to Kieran the other day and he brought it up. He said, what's this self-confidence thing about? You're always confident. And it's just, you probably just try and perceive that. But I really struggled being at the England Cat. I just wanted to, I'd speak to, I sound like a mummy's boy, speak to my mum, my dad, my friends. And I just, I just. I hated it in the end. It's just like, wasn't that confident. And you're surrounded by confident people. going into training, like not that confident, um, thing going on, and I'm never gonna play and I just I just didn't enjoy it in the end. I don't know why. I just couldn't get my head round it. I just I, d- I don't mean it to come across that I'm ungrateful. Even it was great to represent my country. Mm. but I did find it. I found it hard to go back to my room and just and I'm sat when you're sat in your room on your own. Just that headspace that my I used to go to. It was it wasn't good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. From a therapy point of view, when you went on the SAS program and you you came out and you said there was psychologists and and you had a bit of therapy um, coming out of that show. Do you think that's really helped your process and all the overthinking that you do, or maybe confidence a little bit? Do you think therapy has definitely helped you? Is that the only time you've had therapy? Did you Um, have therapy after you finished football?
4: Obviously, through Frankie, I'd spoke to... Her psychiatrist and stuff because of understanding what she was going through, right? So they would speak to me because I found it difficult. So I would speak to them and they try and explain to me what it was like for Frankie. And then Frankie was saying oh, I need to see someone. Um, but I, the first time I actually spoke to someone was when I went on the jungle because you have to keep go through. Keep a- forgetting
2: he was on there as well, yeah. Steve. You have he's to he's to go been through. on all these shows, <laughs> he? I have
4: to test your mentally sane before you go in to do that as well. And I kept in contact with the lady through that i can't remember the last time i spoke to her was actually during lockdown Mm. i just felt like i needed to speak to someone so i spoke to her and i know i should speak to her more regularly but sometimes i just find it hard to pick up the phone and sometimes i feel like i don't know what i'm gonna say and so it's still difficult
2: sometimes like you say when i've been in therapy i can just sit there and i actually don't know what to say i've actually gone in wayne steve and i swear i have literally sat there and i've just cried
4: yeah, Did I've, you know? to, I've, to, I've yeah. walked in a room to speak to her before and just started crying. See, you know? and it's kind of released. But that's just with other stuff going on in your life, and you, yeah. you you don't. I just keep everything locked up. The last time I spoke to her, it was honestly it felt so good, mm-hmm. In in a way that she kind of talked me through how I should think, and I'm thinking about that the wrong way should be thinking about it like this I felt better about myself straight away but after I got off the phone to her, I thought I'm, I'm going to call her in two weeks mm. but since that conversation I have actually felt so much better about myself
3: maybe 15 years ago when you first came into the game if you went into a dressing room and said I've just spoke to my therapist what do you think the reply would have been
4: well so- I remember when Glenn Huddle first brought someone in and he got lads to get together as a group so we would have the defensive four as a group yeah. and he would get us to open up together Everyone used to just take, the right. but he brought another guy in called John Syrah I started doing visualization with. Right? Do you know what? I knew lads would probably think, oh, what are you doing it for?" Matt Oakley was another one that did it. Mate, Didier Drogba done it. Like, mm. It works. I mean, Didier Drogba yeah. used to do it. Visualization techniques. Yeah. It, but it was people. The lads wouldn't accept it. Yeah. The lads used to just like just joke about it in the middle of sessions and stuff
2: i was pretty reserved with yeah. what i sort of shared with the lads and so yeah. forth and coaches and stuff also i was actually just more fearful of it being a problem being getting in the side like yeah. i didn't want to be dropped from the team or anything off because they feel like i'm mentally weak because i'm going through stuff so that's why i think we tend to sort of keep quiet
4: it's an embarrassment thing for me as well just being embarrassed which you shouldn't be really no no which like I said, I like to think I've loved myself a bit more, so I am who I am. so so Frankie, your your beautiful
2: wife, with her having her own struggles with her mental health, where do you feel like you've learned from obviously having your partner having issues that you are familiar with, but not to the extreme of maybe what she's going through? Where did you sort of feel like you you've kind of took strength from that as well? because it's a it's a big deal to support each other.
4: Well, I always wanted to support her. But I think the main, and this is only probably the last conversation I had with a psychiatrist, was, which was during lockdown, was the fact that because I've got insecurities, although I do feel better about myself, I've always got insecurities. So I had insecurities about how Frank felt about me. Mm. And then she would explain things in a way that, well, you're thinking this. What do you think she's thinking about you if you're acting like that? And that was when I was just being too negative. So she made me feel, think more positive about things. I was definitely going through a negative patch and get off that phone call and you feel great about things and everything was great with my missus and it was just because of the way I was thinking and everything I was doing for myself. Frank's been very open about her mental health and she's wrote a book about it. yeah. It's really good from mm. what I've been told. I haven't read it because i kind of <laughs> lived through it. Um, and I've, I've, I've never, actually, I've read never actually read a book. <laughs> oh my um, I've read bits of it while she was writing it. Mm. And I was so proud because it was amazing what she wrote. I couldn't write a book.
2: Where do you feel Wayne Bridge will be in the next couple of years?
4: Um, I love my fitness. So I've got a fitness um, program out. I don't push it enough. Um I'm still waiting and for I've, your call. I've loved I've,
2: way. I've, I've, he, said, Lee, he said, Lee, come down to my house.
4: Yeah, come down. Yeah, with, I've got
2: a gym in my house. No, he's
4: yeah. seen me training and he doesn't <laughs> answer the phone, mate. He's <laughs> seen me training.
2: He's like, I'm not to be fair, I was like, yeah, I'll <laughs> come. I'll come because <laughs> you're looking yeah. a bit of a beast, Wayne, But I think... Do you know I'll be the water,
4: boy. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what's really big is, is social media? And when I retired, you know, to work with brands or have opportunities to do that, they want to know what your social media is. And I never had any. I didn't have social media. I didn't want social media. And then I went into the jungle and just management thought, just get it and see how it goes. And I'm not very good at it. Um, mm. I try and I think I'm getting better. But my missus is good at it. My missus has learned to be good at it. But I find it hard sometimes because I can wake up and be, ah, this is me today, doing this today and people people did like it but then i wake up and i think no one knows wants to know what i'm doing yeah. today who cares what, that's what your what perception is today. that's what yeah. you think no. and i went through a stage where i was waking up early in the morning and i'd done it on instagram just because i knew i'd have to get up and do it mm. so every morning i was getting up well early before the kids and i was doing it in on instagram and then it got to a stage where it kind of fizzled out because it was that thing that kicked in with no one's bothered who cares what i'm doing mm. and and stuff like that so i i find social media can be hard but i'm getting better at it it can be cruel as
3: well can't it it
4: can be yeah and to be honest mate, i've got to a stage where someone's got something to say i'll delete it and block them i don't care i used to just say i'll leave it ignore it don't give me a satisfaction i'm like block delete yeah
2: Yeah, it depends on who
4: needs it no yeah yeah. sometimes i'm done mate i'm done with people who want to give me stick i'm like delete block Yeah. yeah
2: mr wayne bridge is apparently a good poker player so where do you see yourself with poker? Because that's another little hidden talent. So you've got football, boxing, poker, gardening. (laughs) Where
4: where does poker stand for you? Um, Basic, I'd say. I enjoy it. But I'm basic. If you come up against some good poker players, like, it's different. Like, I've played a couple of events with poker stars and you come up against the good ones. I know I need to start wearing headphones and not listen to what people are saying to me because I think they can read me and I'm not a talker. And there's some good talkers around the table. Don't get me wrong. Probably if I've had a couple of beers, I'd probably be all right. But there's some good talkers. Yeah. Some, you, the poker players are good, mate. At getting in your head and talking. And
2: Michael Dubry, my, my other friend, he he played. He a went to
4: one there, of then. the events I went to. Yeah. Actually, won fifty thousand pounds for a charity at poker. Um, big names: Don Cheadle. yeah, that yeah, was yeah playing. yeah. Um, Edward Norton, yeah. Teddy Sheridan plays a lot. He was, he was yeah. in that event that I played in. But it was an online one, but it was video, so you could still speak and talk to each other. The good thing that happened with me was my camera cut out and I couldn't log back on. <laughs> and I ended up getting to the... F- well, I ended up winning it, but I ended up head to head with. Um, do you watch Suits? Anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I ended up head to head with him. Really? Yeah, and I ended up winning. <laughs> no but way. I always, I always said you beat that... the man, Harvey. Yeah, I was buzzing. <laughs> oh, he brilliant. even chucked a little tweet out for me. Um, oh,
0: I'm But yeah, find I, always, that
4: tweet. <laughs> I do sometimes think if my camera was on and I had to talk, would I have ended up like not getting that far? I think yeah. it was good that the camera was off. But that's all I say. If I ever play again, maybe I've just got to wear sunglasses, put my music on, and just play. Because so then the, people can get in your head a little bit.
3: There's a couple of people we've had on now who've done this sort of reality TV stuff. But what was the jungle like? People who were in the jungle oh, with Larry man. Lamb. I see, I see,
2: Steve, I don't know. I don't know. I would be in the jungle. I don't. Yeah. know. Do you know? Do
4: what? I said I'd never do something like that. Oh, yeah. I'd I've I'd never do this, it. Yeah. I said I'd never do it, and the opportunity come up, and I went for the meeting. I went. What's the point in my agency? Well, just go. You know, if they want, you can say no in the end. And they obviously wanted me to do it and it was nothing to do with money me doing that show in the end it was just my miss was like well, why don't you want to do it i said oh the cameras and what if i say the wrong thing or i do the wrong thing and she's mm. going you're overthinking everything again she said, you go on it and be yourself and just forget about the cameras which is hard by the way to forget the cameras are there yeah. um and i was like i really want to do it and the only thing that stopped me doing it is that it's going to be on tv
2: how would you get I mean, on with all the tasks it. and all that oh, my, i my scared fear, of everything yeah, so my fear
4: it's the is, challenge is the I just switched off, I hate spiders, I hate everything but when I was in the zone it was just like, just get through it Like there was frogs all right? one of these them I jumped into one of these massive frogs there and I was panicking before getting the breathing going. But once I was in, I just switched off and I was in that zone. I just smash it. Like, <laughs> I can imagine you I'm just like, panicking. bang, yeah. Like once I'm in it, I'm all right. But it's that time of thinking before it happens. Yeah. But once I'm in it, I'm all right. But n- if you get a chance to do it, please. It's, I loved it. And yeah, it, gave me, again, it. It, it. it gave I'm me again, it gave me a bit more it. confidence when I come out of it. Like the stay straight after is like, because you speak to him straight away, like, how do you feel? Mm. I hope you take some confidence out of this because people like you and you've done really well. You come across well. well and where she did you said come? To me, I think I was fifth. Okay, fifth. So I just missed out on uh, the cyclone they do at the end. Just mm. missed out. Um, I don't know if it, anything I'd done at the end to annoy anyone. So I got voted. Did you up. make any know. friends
2: in there? Who was you? Yeah, in there? Larry
4: Lamb, Joel Domit, there's yeah. Lisa Snowden. There was. There was wow. We had a good yeah, group. Lisa. We had a good group. But a lot of people go on it to stay in the limelight and do something after. So I just done it just because. Cool. I love the opportunity to be able to do it, and yeah. I am glad I've done it. Absolutely loved okay. it.
2: Okay, I'll think about it's, it.
4: It's, <laughs> when the opportunity comes up, as well, your kids, the kids would love to see you on it, yeah. mate. They'd love yeah. it. I know. Yeah. It would. I'll it's, think, it was amazing, I'll think and about it. the um, the psychiatrist straight after like, "I hope you take more confidence out of this, and you know, mm. people like you." And she she was great. She was really good. Yeah, I'm totally. so glad I've done it. There's one more
2: question, really. Because I never liked coaching, I never it never it coaching wasn't for me. Have you had any um, opportunities of, of coaching jobs or have you ever had the feeling of wanting to go into coaching?
4: The only reason, I'm going to be totally honest here, this is how I feel at the moment, the only reason I would do it is because money, to earn some money. I feel like I've had the best part of it, which is turn up, train for a couple of hours, go home, chill out, mm. play a game. That's the best part of it. I think I'd become frustrated if I was a coach because I'd want to be out there doing it. And I'd want to be surrounded by... It. I couldn't be a manager. I don't think I could be a manager. I'd like to be an assistant coach, so I'd have to have a manager. So, for instance, i get in well with Joe Cole. If you had a manager's job, I could be a coach. Scott Parker, for instance, you always said, oh, if you had your badges or yeah. something like that. And I always think, should I do it? And then what comes into my head is they work the hours they do. They're away from the family all the time. And I think where I've been at home so much, I've become to too, love that to love it. Yeah. And yeah. I I think if I all of a sudden was leaving the house at seven eight in the morning, and getting back at four five in the afternoon, and seeing my kids for a couple of hours, and then I'm away at the weekend, then I'm away Wednesday night. I just I don't I just don't think it's for me.
3: The coaches you played for, and the coaches you played, and managers you played for, the biggest burning question from a coaching point of view is. Yeah, you know the the man who is seems to be the enigma that everybody wants to know about, and that's Jose Mourinho. What sort of coach was he towards Wayne Bridge, somebody who had self doubt, somebody who didn't sort of believe that he was the best player in the team?
4: It was hard for me. I, I remember having an argument with him in training because he was digging me out all the time, and I ended up turning around just saying, "What's your problem, Mourinho?" Yeah,
3: is that a little bit like what he's
4: doing with Luke? What he did with Luke Shaw. Probably. I think he's trying. I think he's trying to get something out of the players. Yeah. I think he's trying to get something out. of You probably wants a reaction but where he was digging me out my head was just my head just went and I was just like example. what's your problem give,
2: give me an example when you say like digging out what, oh what so say like example. there was
4: a pass or and it was the wrong pass like it but it was that and then or I didn't make the right run but it was kind of constant but do you know when I know in myself I think I think that's alright yeah 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 or like yeah. he might not like and I just felt like it was unneeded and it was constant and I just, I just thought oh what's your problem and he, he didn't say nothing to me didn't say nothing to me and I was kind of pushed to the side a little bit. But don't get me wrong, I just I didn't just sit there and go, oh, that's, that's me done. I still trained. Like, I turned a corner with him. And he is a great manager. He was great for the team. He was very, very good. Training was amazing. Really? Uh, yeah, that's training was really, 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 really good. And even afterwards, when I've had injuries since I've retired and he was there, he'd have me in at the training ground, like getting treatment, and he always said, oh, do you, do you, you know do you want to come work? You know, do you, want, do you want to come coach some of the kids? You know, get your badges. Like mm. He he was really good with me. It wasn't like... So, as much as he, he was hard on me, and I thought it was unnecessary at times, he, he's also been really good to me. Like He was always there. Like, And I think he's like that other clubs he goes to. It, I bet at Tottenham, as ex-players, he'd probably welcome him with open arms. He was really good at clubs like that.
2: Wayne, yeah. I have to say, I've really enjoyed this. This has been brilliant
3: absolutely brilliant the only question i've got question i've got to go is when it's not so much when the penny drops but when you realize where your next path in life is what do you ideally want the future to hold for you
4: I don't want to say too much, you know, I've got ideas and things that might be happening in the pipeline, mm. so I don't want to, I don't want so to say get, too I'll much, but I'd say, I'd say like, you know, watch pads. this space, you probably haven't seen the last of me yet, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, oh, that's fantastic. brilliant, man.
2: <laughs> we might be in a TV show or something together, <laughs> <laughs> who knows, because I'm thinking about it
4: as well.
2: <laughs> Honestly, it's been brilliant for you to come on, mate, I'll see you as a friend, mm. and you know, you've, you've come on and been open and honest one thing i want you to take away from this though is confidence because i think you're sometimes um a little bit hard on yourself you've achieved so much in a way it's 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 inspiring and the way you train is inspiring and that's as as coming from me so you need to definitely give me an invitation to come <laughs> and train with you but i feel like you know it's 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 been a great insight in in Wayne Bridge and i cannot wait for
4: no, no, no more compliments i don't take compliments very well i can see that <laughs> no, but you're getting them so no,
3: what, I'd, what i'd what i'd say is this show what i've enjoyed about doing this show is when we finish the show we hold people at home listen to you know the guys that come on the elite sports athletes who have had a fantastic career realize that they're human beings they're not robots And when they take away at the end of the show when everybody says thank you, they go away and they see, not you in a different light but they understand you as a person, not as that footballer, cricketer, rugby player boxer, I think that's the the, the main element I want to achieve from a show like this is to see the human light of an individual and the human light of Wayne Bridge is every bit as good as what the footballer was, thank you very much Thank thank you,
4: Wayne
2: Bridge uh, thank you very much for this evening it's been fantastic to hear you speak we really appreciate it mate
4: I oh, thank you as well to be honest it's been a bit therapeutic as well to yeah. be honest yeah it's been it's
2: good g- I'm glad you said that because yeah. most people that have come on guests wise they have said that yep. they've yep. left with it being yep. quite therapeutic and that's the that was the key for that's this show. show fundamentally show. so thank you mate thank you really mate. appreciate cheers. it Talk, man. cheers
4: well. Thank, thank you mate
1: cheers